So I'm sure you can guess what I'm going to talk about then. I, I asked our preschoolers this, this morning, we've got a big Jewish holiday coming up. It's next week. Who knows what it is? Christmas. That was the answer I got was Christmas. So they're in preschool. Give them until first or second grade. They'll find out what's going on. So I, you know, I figured I had a room fill, like, filled with Jews here. So I would ask the question, what is Hanukkah about? Tell me. Throw it out. Celebration of miracles. What else? Victory. Survival. Sovereignty. Oil. God, I love the latkes. Food. Religious freedom. Dreidel. Okay. I'll, I'll leave us a dreidel there. Now, I mean, look, you get a room full of Jews. You ask a question. You know you're going to get lots of answers. And so the question becomes who's right? And who's wrong? And the strange thing about this, because it wasn't a complicated question I asked you. It was simple. What is Hanukkah? And you are all right, and you're all conflicting each other. Because that's like, you also you throw like four or five different stories there. And in order to understand how we got to this point in 2014 where you asked that really simple question, what is Hanukkah? And no one in the room can agree, you kind of need to go back in time. You need to go to the very beginning. So there's a, a lesson I want to share with you that comes from Noam Tzion, who does this, he has a great book that kind of encapsulates the history of Hanukkah. And so to begin, you have to go back to 167 BCE, back to the temple. And you have the, the head priest, the, the head Hellenized priest, and he turns Jerusalem at that point into Antioch. He changes the whole city. He changes the, the constitution of the way we're no longer Torah, we move to the Greek system. We stick even on the 25th of Kislev which is solstice, he sticks Zeus, the sun god, inside the temple. Now, as you can imagine, there's some Jews that get very upset with this. And it's Matis Yahu. It's this one family. And I mean it. It is, a, it is a family thing. This comes from this little tiny family that says, there's a problem here, we're going to revolt against it, and they're going to work and work until they change it. And, and it's so family that when one son dies, the next son comes up. And it continues. Eventually, an entire revolution happens behind them, and that's the Maccabees. And eventually, kind of a spoiler alert, they win. Okay? They, t- they take back the temple. And that's the first celebration we have. And they don't call it Hanukkah. They call it, at that point, Chag Sukkot Shel Kislev, which is the holiday of Sukkot of the month of Kislev. Now, Jews do this all the time. Anytime we come up with something new, we can't say, look, I got this new holiday for you. No one would take any of us seriously. So if I you know, told you, look, there's this incredible thing that I wrote this week, no one would be interested. But if I came to you and I said, look, I was in the basement of the temple. I found Rabbi Men sleeping, but right underneath her head, there was this text. It's a thousand years old from some obscure rabbi. Everyone would run in here to hear what this obscure rabbi said because there must be truth to it. So they suddenly tie this holiday to Sukkot at that point. Now, what they're doing is they're rededicating the second temple, and they do it on the 25th of Kislev, the exact date that Zeus was stuck in the temple, because Zeus is the sun god. And you can find the money back then. There's like sun rays coming from the, the king's head. And so what they're saying is like, we are no longer worshiping the fire up there. We're going to worship our own god and the fire in here. And it is this public ritual in the streets where they are, and they take this cue from the Greeks, where when you have a victory, 
You go very public about it. It's no longer inside the home. But you go out there and you go, we won this civil war. And I want, to be, I want you to hear that. It is a civil war. This is Jew on Jew. The first person killed in that war is one of the priests. Okay, remember the Hellenized priests? It is Jew versus Jew. And it is one group of Jews beating another group of Jews. And this sticks. This is what we celebrate until the temple gets destroyed. Second temple gets destroyed, and now suddenly the rabbis are in charge. Now, the rabbi, we are much less interested in the temple because we were never in charge of the temple. We have a bias here. And they move the entire system from being a celebration about the temple and this public ritual to now suddenly in the home. And what we start talking about is about who said the miracle? The miracle of the oil. Now suddenly that exists. We don't really have that prior to this point. And now we're talking about the miracle and and we freed ourselves and God was there and we have faith. And it's this minor holiday and it sticks. And even if you look at the Orthodox community, this is the narrative given. And this lasts for like 2,000 years. So everyone knows the Maccabees, the YouTube sensation. Okay, they posted their new video last night. Within two hours, they had 300 hits. It was incredible. Okay, so they, they have their new Hanukkah video. You should see it. It's all about the base, but now they're all about the nace. Um, after Shabbos, you can check it out. But if you look at the narrative they give, it really is about beating the Greeks. And it's about, we won, we beat them. And remember, that story suddenly changed. It's no longer a civil war story. Now it's about the Greeks versus the Jews. And that's when that story shifts. And it makes sense, because any time you are people in a diaspora, it's very easy to see the us versus the them. If you go to Bangkok and you find the, di- the, the American expat community, they all have something in common. They're Americans. I take that same group of Americans here, and I put them in San Francisco. None of them would have talked to each other. They have nothing in common. But when they're out there, they're suddenly connected. And so that happens to us. We're no longer Jew versus Jew. We're Jew versus the Greek. And that's our 2,000-year story. And it sticks quite well until the Zionists come along. Late 1800s. And they really glob onto this, this Maccabee idea. Because they're all about freedom. Now, what is our story of freedom? What's our big holiday of freedom? Pesach. So in Passover, who frees us? God. Zionists don't like God. They've been waiting for God. God didn't do anything for them. The people who are taking back the land are the people. That's who we are. We got there. We fought. We got back there. And this becomes such a major part of Zionism that in the 1930s, you already have kids in the street that are marching. And now it's a public. Once again, it's public. It's out of the home. They have bricks in their hands, and they're talking about building the third temple. By the 1950s, you have kids running from Modi'in or Masada to Jerusalem with torches in their hand. And it really is this notion of us versus them. And the them is the Orthodox. Because the Orthodox believe that God's going to come. They're like, ugh, no God's going to come. It's the Zionists versus this synagogue who is anti-Zionist. This was the heart of anti-Zionism until 1948. And so they're pushing against that as well, which is the reform movement. And they even write songs. And you know the songs. Who can retell the things that befell us? Who can count them? In every age a hero or sage came to our aid. A hero or sage came to our aid. Okay, so that's from the Psalms. But in Psalms, they actually change the language. Because in the Psalms, guess who saves us? God. The Zionists get rid of God. And they talk about the heroes and sages 
which are them and the generations to come. That now suddenly the Redeemers is us. We're the ones we've been waiting for. And we're the ones we're celebrating. And we're the ones that can envision this world to come. And you build this entire generation of kids that see themselves as Maccabees. That if they fight and they go forward, they can actually build this land. But that's in Israel. It's very different than what happens in America. In America, you have Isaac Mayer Wise come along and he goes, Ugh, we don't need Hanukkah. He's the founder of the Reform Movement. He goes, it's with the temple and it's just weird and there's sacrifice and we're just going to get rid of it. And then within a few years, they realize, you know something, this Christmas thing is catching on. We need a little something. And the Reform Rabbis go, maybe we should keep it. But it's not very big until the 1950s. Because what happens in the 1950s? What, what happened right before the 1950s? The Holocaust. Judaism at that point is dark. I mean, we, most of our population is gone. We're sitting in this darkness and ashes and we're talking about Auschwitz and we're trying to understand what happened to us. And as we're sitting in dark and death, we look across the street and there's Santa Claus. And there's Jingle Bells. And there are two rabbis. There's actually just two rabbis in Cincinnati, Ohio, who said, you know something? If we stick with dark and death, we're not going to survive. We have light. We have a celebration of light, and it's right now. And we need to pump this thing up. And it spreads like wildfire. So whoever called out dreidel, yes, we had dreidels before then, but we didn't have bed, bath, and beyond doing what they're doing now with our Hanukkah decorations. That is all post-Holocaust. When you think of Adam Sandler with his song, that's all our reaction to the Holocaust, of how do we make this thing big and glamorous and flashy because we're coming out of something so horrendous. And so when I ask the question to you, this really simple question, what is Hanukkah? And I get all these different answers. They're all true. Because inside everyone in this room, you contain over 2,000 years of memory inside of you. That's why you have all these conflicting answers. That's where it happened. That's how we got to this point. But we're not done. It really has been a journey. Is that each generation, when they get to that point, when they realize that they're in this new revolutionary moment, they don't go backwards and say, how do we maintain what we did? They look forward and they say, how do we reinterpret this? How do I actually understand these lights in front of us so it means something for today? We're no longer a generation reeling from what just happened or worrying about assimilation. We're a generation which is trying to squeeze meaning out of texts and rituals and ideas. And that's what our job is. Because even though, as Rabbi Mint said, we are going into this public square, we're going to Laurel Village, we're going to the Castro, we are still out there now in the public realm. What's going to determine who we are in the future is the discussions we have in our homes, is our new interpretation of what this means for our generation. Rabbi David Hartman, he said that the miracle of Hanukkah it was never actually that the oil lasted for eight days. He wasn't so impressed with that. He says the miracle of Hanukkah is that we lit the oil on day one when we had no idea if we had enough. And that's kind of where we stand. It takes a tremendous amount of faith to not know what the future is going to be because we don't have a clue. In the 1950s, they had no idea. And that's what we're presented with is that our job is not to worry of if day two is going to come. Because I have no clue if it will. Our job is to figure out what that candle is going to mean on the very first night. Chag Orim Sameach. 
May this be a happy holiday of lights for you. Amen.